Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So it's official, right? Uh, Andrew Cuomo can do anything he wants. And if you misstate something in a tweet, you lose your entire career. I've got it right. I have it. I have it fully understood at this moment, don't I? That's how it goes. Andrew Cuomo can do anything he wants. He can harass this one. He can uh, flirt with that one. He can kill your Meemaw. No problem. But if you should say something questionable in a tweet or a Facebook post, no more career. I mean, his his denials are just, well, they're, they're downright precious. First, I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. I think there's a question as to who gets to decide that. And this is where the rubber is going to meet the road. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You can support the show there as well. Does it matter if he meant it or if someone perceived it that way? Now, I happen to be one of the people who believes it matters if he meant it. But there could be something said for someone who does something and isn't fully aware that they're doing it. Or, no, 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 I'm not trying to defend. I'm trying to make a statement of just because he didn't find it offensive, just because nobody told him about it, doesn't mean that it wasn't just gross doesn't mean that it wasn't indeed factual in terms of being wrong. He put out this whole video. Oh, look at, look at, look at me. Look at all the people I'm smooching on. I do it with everyone. Black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people. Friends, strangers, people who I meet on the street. Just like that, he exposes the problem in his methodology. It doesn't matter if you're friendly. And he showed this whole montage of uh, he's kissing this one, hugging this one. He's, he's, like, he's like doing a nose thing with somebody else. I, b- believe it or not, am a rather affectionate person. And I, with friends, I hug, I kiss people on the cheek, I'll, I'll, I'll put their face in my hand. I, I absolutely positively have, with friends, people I know, not with strangers, not with people I work with. I have never once put producer Ari's face in my hand. Not that I haven't asked. I have, I have, I wasn't going to laugh, but damn it. I have never once taken his head in my hands, cradled it, and said, it's going to be okay, boy. It's going to be okay. I would never do such a thing. My morning show producer, Allison, never once, never once, never once. Why? Because that's not what you do. But when you listen to Andrew Cuomo, his answer is, this is what I do. But that's not an excuse. So one could make the argument 
that he's an affectionate cat. But one can equally make the argument that doesn't mean you get to be affectionate with everybody. Andrew Cuomo is basically invoking the Joe Biden defense. Ah, he's just he's just showing he cares. You know, he loves the kids. Did you see the video the other day where Joe Biden gave the kid his used face mask? Did you see that? I don't know where he was. Was he in Michigan? Was he in Pennsylvania? Whatever. And there's a kid there. There's an adult there. And he's talking to the kid. And he's being, as, as, as always, way too, way too inappropriate as I see it. And he gives the kid his face mask. Like as a souvenir? Uh, it was the one he took off his face. Why would anyone want that? Why would he give it to anybody? It's creepy. You want to talk about being a super spreader event. It's creepy as can be. Joe Biden has no no compass. And oh, Joe Biden telling people to get out of the way regarding vaccines and masks. Woo-wee. I've got I, I've already been over that subject. I've got more on that. It's actually the focus of my video at redstate.com. When you're a VIP, you get to see my videos at redstate.com. You can use promo code CATS, K-A-T-Z, and you'll be able to you'll be able to see those. It's good Lord. I mean, it was an attack on Ron DeSantis. I'll, I'll talk more about it. But let's get back to Cuomo. Is it possible that this is all nothing more than a political attack on Cuomo from Letitia James, the New York Attorney General? There is another complaint I want to address from a woman in my office who said that I groped her in my home office. Let me be clear, that never happened. She wants anonymity, and I respect that. So I am limited but what I can say. But her lawyer has suggested that she will file a legal claim for damages. That will be decided in a court of law. Trial by newspaper or biased reviews are not the way to find the facts in this matter. I welcome the opportunity for a full and fair review before a judge and a jury. Can I ask what the the bias is? As he sees it, the bias is Letitia James wants to run for governor. He's running for his fourth term. That's a bias and using the office as a way of moving uh, about a political agenda to undercut your opponent and, of course, obtain victory. But if he wants to see it in a court of law, well, then bring him to the court of law, which leads us to why in the world didn't Letitia James, you know, file the charges? Why are there no charges? I, that's what people were asking at the beginning. You would think of a guy as a guilty of, of 11, account, 11 counts of uh, sexual harassment and it's violation of law. There'd be a, there would be a criminal charge, right? Let's put it this way. If you were driving without a license, criminal charge. If you were carrying a firearm and didn't have your concealed carry permit on you, criminal charge. He's groping on 11 different people who who works for him? Nothing? Come on, we know that's weird, right? This is what we're talking about. Cuomo goes free, you go to jail. There are two Americas, and it's pretty disgusting. The first time I ever realized it was true was Jeffrey Epstein. 
Jeffrey Epstein, there are two Americas. Jeffrey Epstein should be alive today. They let him die. Did he kill himself? Did somebody else kill him? I cannot prove those things. Did they let him die? Absolutely. I will not allow to die the story of Jeffrey Epstein because that guy raped young girls. And I want to know who was involved and I want them thrown in jail. I don't give a damn who they are. If it's Trump, it's Trump. If it's Stephanopoulos, it's Stephanopoulos. I don't care. You go to jail. How can you not? If we honestly, if we if we can't agree with this, if we can't get on board with this, well then we we we've got less than nothing, people. We really and truly have less than nothing. So does Cuomo walk? I think that's the big question. Does Cuomo walk from all this? And the answer is I don't know. I think the fact that his brother is involved is actually more damning. Is his brother involved? As the story goes, Chris Cuomo of CNN, we actually have exclusive audio of of Chris Cuomo right now. I'm a smart boy! Chris Cuomo was among a group of advisors who were provided confidential and privileged information by the executive office, by Governor Cuomo's office, and helped draft the responses to the allegations of sexual harassment. Now, it's one thing if your brother calls you up and says, would you believe the thing that I'm in? And your brother says, dude, you're in a thing. Tell him you didn't do it. Good Lord. It's another thing. Another thing altogether to say, hey, let me see the information. Let me see what they're saying about you, and 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 I'll write it up. While you're interviewing him about COVID response, he's doing the interviews on CNN, which never should have been allowed to happen, but CNN is not a news organization, so nobody actually cares. CNN is not a news organization. We know this, right? Chris Cuomo's not in news. Don Lemon's not in news. Anderson Cooper's not in news. S.E. Cup, sure as hell not in news. Allison Camarota, whoever that morning show is now, they're not in news. They're an agenda in pettiness. Brian Stelter, please. Who are we kidding? You let him interview his brother, and his brother was already taking heat for the fact that he killed all these people in nursing homes. You let him do it anyway. You let him mock COVID with a giant Q-tip. And now he got access to private information and private emails and was on conference calls? And that's not an unbiased reporter now, is it? That's a guy who knew this moment was coming, knew what his brother was, said nothing about it but defended his brother and ran cover for his brother. That is the Cuomo family. Now, usually at this time, what you'll get from me is this. Right? If I'm, if I'm feeling, you know, a little more nostalgic. That, that's what you'll get. The Cuomos see themselves as, as uh, the Corleones. 
here's the problem. These no-good punks ain't good enough to be the Corleones on any day of the week. He's not even Bruno Tatalia. This guy is a nobody schnurr schmuck who couldn't make it into the family if he wasn't blood. You know what blood and street is, right? You see, the guy who makes it into the family from the street, he's got to actually do the work. He's got to be an earner. He's got to go out there and make something of himself. He's got to go out there and create opportunities, and sometimes he may have to get his hands a little dirty. But he proves himself through his metal, through his work, through his sweat, through his tears. He proves himself worthy of the family and the family name, and when he gets his button. Oh, what a day that is. What he completed and what the family recognizes and sees in him. He's something special. That's a something special right there. That He's going places, and we're lucky to have him. He's lucky to have us. We're lucky to have each other. That's the street. Blood is completely different. Blood is you got so-and-so who's an uncle, so-and-so who's a cousin, so-and-so who's your dad. Boom, you're in the family. You didn't earn it. You didn't have to sweat for it. You went from schmuck to lieutenant. Don't ask me why I know so much about these things. The less you know, the better. Okay, Ari? You don't need to know. Don't ask me about my business, Ari. Don't ask me about my business, Ari. You're a know-nothing, and now you're a lieutenant. It's harder to get respect that way. You really got to earn that respect. But you didn't have to work for it. The Cuomos, Andrew and Chris, couldn't get there by the street. They never have earned anything on their own. Zero ungats. And what have they done is blood? Killed elderly New Yorkers, harassed women, lied about being in quarantine during COVID, and then covered for each other. On national television. That's what Mario's little boys have done. It's hard to respect that. It's hard to respect this corrupt Cuomo family. But they are a corrupt Cuomo family. And not a single one of them, neither Andrew nor little Chrissy, earned it. They were given the world, and they have just crapped it all away. We're better off without them. I only hope Andrew Cuomo resigns, and I only hope CNN figures out how to be a news organization sometime soon and gets rid of people who are in propaganda first. I'm Tony Katz.
CVS raising its minimum wage to $15 an hour. Okay. When, it, when a business does it, I'm like, all right, good. Good. Someone's going to get paid. Good on them. Congratulations. It's I don't want it forced. I don't believe in a minimum wage at all. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Oh, no, 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 no. Minimum wages set by the government, absolutely awful, and prevent people from being able to negotiate in their best interest. But in a marketplace where you can't find workers because the government's working against you, I'm not surprised that people are paying more. Just wait for the prices to go up because they have to. By definition, they have to. Tightening labor market, causing uh, wages to go up, makes sense to me. Very, very rational, very, very simple. Not rational. Governor J.B. Pritzker of Illinois instituting a statewide school mask mandate. This is going to be public and private schools, K-12, through because of the rising Delta cases, including in kids. Whoa, 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 and whoa. The argument has to be, are kids dying from it, and do masks do anything? And the answer to both is no. Now, if data changes on kids dying from Delta variant, I'll say, hey, uh, the data is changing on kids dying from Delta variant. Just so we're clear. As Phil Kirpin, who we talk to often, points out, there's a study out of Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Canada. One dose of a vaccine on the from the Pfizer vaccine 56% effective against Delta the AstraZeneca 67% Moderna 72% and when it comes to hospitalization and death Pfizer is 78% effective AstraZeneca 88 and Moderna 96 that's pretty interesting that's a huge number for Moderna because you usually don't hear about them you usually hear about the Pfizer uh, vaccine An unvaccinated child is safer from COVID than a vaccinated adult over 30. That's the data. And masks being forced on a state level? Governor's out of his head. And people should completely ignore the mandate. Because he isn't mandating N95 masks in a controlled setting. Do we not understand the issue here? The mask you make, the mask you buy from the local CVS where they're not paying people $15 an hour to say masks, aisle four. Those masks are not effective against COVID. They're not. The data shows it. So what is he mandating? He's mandating fear and mandating power. This isn't how it works. If Illinois wants to prove itself as hot trash, they're doing it. Oh, don't worry. I'm fearful that my governor, Eric Holcomb, uh, Indiana, might do the same. Absolutely. Only because they just don't want to have the fight. Just be normal. Why is it so hard? Meanwhile, Rashida Tlaib, anti-Semite supreme. I'll play it. You decide. I'm Tony Katz.
So there was an election. As we know. Maybe we don't know. There was an uh, uh, election in Ohio. Now, you would have heard about this election if it had gone the way Representative Ocasio-Cortez wanted it to go. But it didn't. It went far the other way in two different elections. But can we say that it's some kind of harbinger? Is it some kind of bellwether? Is there something to learn from what happened? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Here's the story. The story is, is that Nina Turner, who was a co-chair for Bernie Sanders 2020, was running for the congressional seat made available by Marsha Fudge. So this is the Ohio 11th. Uh, Marsha Fudge went into uh, the administration. Uh, She is, I believe, the Secretary of Housing Housing and Urban Development. And so there's this open vacancy. Well, Nina Turner is a progressive. As a matter of fact, Nina Turner was supported by Representative Ocasio-Cortez. She lost. She lost in a, in a race against Democrats who were supported by Hillary Clinton and James Clyburn. So you can see where that divide is within the Democratic Party, even though they're all progressives. How in the world did Ocasio-Cortez lose with a progressive candidate? Meanwhile, the Ohio 15th, where the member of Congress has stepped down because he's going to take over the Ohio Chamber of Commerce, probably a lot more money in doing that. Mike Carey wins that primary for the Republicans. Mike Carey defeated Jeff LaRue, who was the hand-picked candidate of the congressman who resigned. Mike Carey was supported by Donald Trump. And that's why you're not hearing about these two big primaries that will now have an election in November. These are two pretty big primaries. These are going to be races that people pay attention to. This is going to get TV time and a lot of it. You've got two two congressional seats that Republicans can pick up. Make it even tougher on Speaker Pelosi? Woo-wee. Now, only one of the seats might, you know, would be a change. The other one is already in Republican hands. But Democrats are going to fight for them. Of course they are, because they're going to want the story going into the midterms. But is it already a story? It would be a story if Trump had lost and Ocasio-Cortez had won. It's all you'd be hearing about. But they didn't. that didn't happen, so you don't hear a word. You don't hear this anywhere. No one cares about Ohio. Ohio, is it not even on a map? I don't even know where it is. You know as well as I do, this is a big story. You know as well as I do, this could mean quite a bit. Now, is it a bellwether for the country? I don't think so. I don't think so because I don't... I can't imagine that you can take Ohio results of any kind and extrapolate it out to Texas or Florida or California. I think the story here could be that, you know, I, I thought that Trump's people all failed. I guess they don't all fail. I guess some people still don't mind a Trump endorsement. 
I guess the storyline here is, wait, you mean Ohio doesn't want the progressives seeing what progressives have been doing to the country and realizing, my gosh, we have way too much of this garbage out there. I still don't think that applies to California. I'm not even somebody who is convinced that uh, the the, the recall is going to work on Gavin Newsom. I am not convinced Gavin Newsom is going to be taken out of office. Why, why would I be? It's California. I lived there many years. I want to have faith. It's just very hard to have faith. This brings us to a congresswoman from Michigan, Rashida Tlaib. No, God, please, no, 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 no. But yes, yes, it does. This was a video I I, I was kind of shocked by because I think uh, uh, I know what it means. I think I'm aware of it. I want to know, though, uh, if, if you think I'm crazy. Th- from the ashes of the old, socialism for a new tomorrow that's what it says that's what that's what the video says 2021 dsa national convention democratic socialists of america they're socialists they're not democratic socialists there's no such thing as a democratic socialist they're all liars i will i'm gonna play it in full it's like a minute and a half maybe i'll interrupt i want you to hear what she said and then together i want us to figure out what it is she's actually saying We also need to recognize, and this is for me as a Palestinian American, we also need to recognize, you know, as I think about my family in Palestine that uh, continue to live under military occupation and how that really interacts with this beautiful black city I grew up in. You know, I always tell people cutting people off from water is violence and they do it from Gaza to Detroit. And it's a way to control people, to oppress people. And it's those structures that we continue to fight against. So I know you all understand the structure we've been living under right now is designed by those that exploit the rest of us for their own profit. I always say to people, you know, I don't care if it's the issue around global human rights and our fight to free Palestine or to pushing back against those that don't believe in the minimum wage or those that believe that people have a right to health care and so much more. And I tell people, those same people, that if you open the curtain and look behind the curtain, it's the same people that make money, and yes, they do, off of racism, off of these broken policies. There is someone there making money, and you saw it. It was so exposed during the pandemic, because all those structures, everything that was set up, they made record profit when we were all at having some of the most challenging, most difficult times in our lifetime at that moment. And and again, they made record profit. So if anything, this pandemic just exposed what we all have been fighting against. Okay. The question before us is, what are the structures? And who is responsible for the creation of the structures? If she wants to make the argument that from Gaza to Detroit, they do it, her words, a way to control people, to oppress people, and it's those structures that we continue to fight against, 
the question can only be asked one way is she she's talking about jews right she's talking about the global jewish structure that profits uh from oppressing people like her or who look like her you want to listen to it again you want to break it down I want someone to prove to me that she's either saying this or not saying this. I think she's saying exactly, exactly this. We also need to recognize, and this is for me as a Palestinian American, we also need to recognize, you know, as I think about my family in Palestine that uh, continue to live under military occupation and how that really interacts with this beautiful black city I grew up in. You know, I always tell people cutting. She's clearly making a connection between uh, her, her, where her grandmother lives in Israel, uh, and and Detroit. She she's making the connection. She doesn't want you to pretend that she's not. People off from water is violence, and they do it from Gaza to Detroit, and it's a way. Who's they? Who's cutting you off from water? Who is cutting you off from water? If they do it from Reza to Detroit, you're making the the connection that it's the same people who are doing it because you referred to them as they. You didn't say some people do it in Reza and some people do it in Detroit. I mean, these are just the, the, the facts. She's saying it's the same group control people to oppress people and it's those structures that we continue to fight against so i know you all understand the structure we've been living under right now is designed by those that exploit the rest of us for their own profit i always say to people you know i don't care if it's the issue around global human rights and our fight to free palestine or to pushing back against those that don't believe in the minimum wage or those that believe that people have a right to health care and so much more. And I tell people, those same people, that if you open the curtain and look behind the curtain, it's the same people that make money. And yes, they do offer racism, offer these broken policies. There is some- So the people who are responsible for cutting off your water are the same people making money off policies that oppress people of color. She is talking about Jews. It's who she is. It's my gosh. How much more do you need to see? And I must say for the Jews who are socialists out there, you haven't figured out that you're wrong. How embarrassing it is. Do you know how embarrassing it is to be Jewish and have you out there pushing this kind of stuff, supporting your sister Rashida and those who support her, like the bigot Congressman Andre Carson out of Indianapolis who supports Louis Farrakhan. You don't know that you're wrong? You're wrong. Get your head out of your tuckets and see the world. This is what you support. People who hate you. You think she sees any Jews? Oh, those are the good Jews and those are the bad Jews. No. Look at what she's saying. Listen to her words. And the Democratic Party will say nothing about her. Zero. Ungats. That's really stunning. 
They won't say anything. Nothing. It's it's sinful. Ugly as can be. There are few people more rotten and despicable and bigoted than Rashida Tlaib. But they just so happen to be other members of the Democrat Party in the House. I'm Tony Katz. Now I'm going to get into a tale of two athletes in just a, a, a little bit. The Olympics really showing a lot of interesting things. I wonder if the ratings have picked up uh, as as the Olympics have gone on. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today it's good to be with you. Uh, I, I I want to share with you a tweet that I got earlier today. From a guy by the name of Fred. Now, I I know Fred. I went to Israel when I was a kid with a a youth group, and Fred was one of those kids. I can't say I'm friends with Fred. Um, We know each other. We have this shared bit of history. And Fred is certainly to the far left of of me and the far left of of a a lot of people on, on, on the left, and we disagree politically. But he's one of these guys who believes that he is moral and decent and good. And that, luckily for me, you know, deep down I'm a good person. I'm just mistaken. They're so benevolent. This is not the first time that conversation has come my, my way. This has been happening a lot on, on my social media, on Facebook. Facebook.com uh, slash Tony Katz Radio. Oh, everybody knows Tony's just talking. It's just a shtick. See that, producer Ari? Just a shtick. None of it's real. True. Right? Hold on. Is it true? No. Okay, there we go. I get a lot of that. And it, 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 I, I guess it's supposed to be disparaging, or it's supposed to be... It's. I think it's to make themselves feel like, uh, yeah, we just feel so bad for him. Aw. 
Facts, logic, reason. It's how I play my game, guys. Every single day. Show me something better. I'm all in. I had noted a tweet from Representative Cory Bush, who was one of these people who was sleeping on the steps of the Capitol so uh, Joe Biden would engage another uh, moratorium on evictions, which is unconstitutional and, of course, wrong. But, you know, activists going to activists. That's what they're, they're going to do. And she had noted uh, that there were a group of people involved in bipartisan infrastructure bill, right, Republicans and Democrats, and she tweeted, is this uh, the bipartisan infrastructure group or the audience at a Kid Rock concert? Hashtag negotiations so white. And I responded that she's calling them racist. GOP and Democrat, Republican, uh, a representative and senator, man and woman, just labeling them racist because of the color of their skin. And people wonder why parents are concerned about critical race theory in schools. If you're saying negotiations so white... You're making the argument that these people couldn't do something for your neighborhood because somehow your neighborhood is black and not American. That's that's what you're saying, Cory Bush, uh, and it's calling them bigots. They're not capable of doing it. Uh, it uh, of course, it's a call to bigotry. What do you think it's a call to, producer Ari? I I don't know. It sounded like she's just asking for representation. It sounds to me like she's saying that it's not possible that a person who is white could represent someone who's black, and that's bigotry. I, I mean, I didn't read it that way, but I, I could see that, I, I guess. I'm, I, I believe that is the only way it could be read. One man's take. So uh, Fred responds that she didn't call anyone racist, nor did she insult any individual. Well, I disagree with that. She critiqued the process, pointing out who is not at the table, whose voices weren't included. They were members of Congress. Are they not capable? The argument is you have to look a certain way or have a certain belief in order to be properly represented. They got elected by the people. What's your argument? It's a laughable construct. It is bigotry. But he continues... Your take on this was a great example of white fragility and why anti-racism needs to be taught in schools. Okay. I guess I'm done with Fred. You don't like my honest take, so it proves I'm fragile? That's convenient, but not factual. And I wouldn't let Fred teach my children. You lie, you engage personal attacks, and you support bigotry. Yeah, that's a... You are not allowed to teach my kids. And we don't have to talk anymore on social media either. But there is a tale of two athletes. How did it come to be this way? That's coming up next. This is Tony Katz today.